What's happening, everybody? Episode 83 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. Joining me today is Jude Newcomb. Jude, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. We're glad to have you on the show. And we are going to be kicking off today our Harry Potter retrospective. We've been doing a lot of new releases on the show. We're going to continue to do new releases. Upcoming, we're going to be talking about Turning Red, The Adam Project, and The Batman this weekend. I'll be doing some reviews on those. But I thought we would take it back. We've got a movie this year, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Yes. And Hey, Potter. Yes, and that's why I brought you on here, Jude. Yes. I consider myself to be a Harry Potter fan. I think it's safe to say you're a fanatic, though. As much as I really enjoy Harry Potter, uh, your fandom just takes it up to a whole nother level. And I'll preface uh, talking about how, uh, my relationship with the series. I remember reading the books fifth grade, and uh, they absolutely captivated me. Just first chapter, uh, they they yeah, really do grab addicting. you. They they are addicting, addicting books and. Fifth grade, you know, one of the prime years for reading, in my yeah. opinion, and you just all of your interests, and you find your yeah. interests, and stuff. you really start to find your interests. Yeah. I've, I must have have read each book about six times now. Uh, it they, it's a series I continue to return to. I love those books. I, I, I think it's a great series. I hold it up, you know, top. T- Top five, top three, you yeah, know, I mean, just really strong. And you haven't read all the books yet, but no, uh, that has not no. stopped you from yeah. uh, getting really absorbed into this series. Yeah. And I think it really started for you uh, with the movies. And so, Jude, how about yeah. you talk talk to us a little bit about your relationship with, with this series? So I have what I this is my biggest regret. I watched the movies before the books, yeah. which I highly regret. But now when I finish a book, I watch the movie. So it's like I've never watched the movie. So it's kind of mm-hmm. new to me. That's what I try to do. I've watched all the movies. Maybe I've watched the first one probably 20 times. And yeah. I've watched all of them probably 10 times. They are they are good movies. And I think that they do a better job on um, copying the adapting. book. Adapting. Adapting, yeah. yeah. The book a little bit more than others like. Yes, um, yes. For example, Tuck Everlasting or Mr. Popple's Penguins, those were really, yeah. really yeah. off of uh, the book, which the movies were based off of. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you and I, uh, we do really share that love for Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, I mean, you got all the collectible stuff. We both have the wand. You know, we went to Universal a couple years ago, and that was an awesome experience yeah. for both of us walking through Diagon Alley. You know, that that was a really incredible yeah. experience. It's a series we both really love, I think. And a lot of people love, too. Yeah, it's a massive, yeah. massive series. Right up there with the Bible for some <laughs> yep. of the most for the most published books yep. of all time. And I think we each love something a little bit different about it. I'm kind of bringing in my full knowledge of the books. You're bringing in your love for the movies and your love for the mythology uh you are embedded in this mythology you you go you read about it you get the collectibles and all that i mean you've you're decked out your shelves you know you got the marauders map you make the little potions and it's awesome so i'm really excited to get to talk about this series with you and uh you, I know, are a big fan of the movies, and yes, I, I did want to talk to you a little bit before we get into what we're what, what we're going to be talking about when this series is over, Secrets of Dumbledore, all that. We're going to get to that, but we actually got a Harry Potter thing this year, and it was that reunion special yes. with all of the cast members coming back, and we would have to get into that a whole lot. But I, I really want to know because I remember watching that on the drive home back from Austin where we had our New Year's. It, it was it felt mixed and I couldn't really pin down what exactly your feelings were on it or what my, what my feelings were on it. How about you go ahead and start off because that was a I thought it was interesting. You got to see the life before Harry Potter, like how um, they had completely different lives than they do now. And I gotta be honest, what the like when they, the, I mean, 
when they came and they said, man, I haven't seen you in forever. This obviously took so many takes, you know what I mean, to yeah. to get this one shot. So they're so they're just like talking, but then they they like they mess up. They gotta do another thing, and then they have to say it again. So they probably they've obviously seen each other before those mm-hmm. ten years. Um, and I I'll be honest, when they started talking and stuff, I got a little teary eyed. Yeah, like it, it it was cool to see the golden trio. Yes. Talking, yeah, that was cool. Uh, but yeah, some of it felt staged. That was yes. my biggest problem with it. Is you could there was a lack of authenticity at times. But the moments where it felt like, oh, this is real and this is raw, yeah, uh, particularly like the last like fifteen minutes, yeah, really crying, really packed a punch. Yeah. It even got me a little bit. And I, I don't really get involved in the Hollywood stuff. I don't really. It is kind of sounds weird. I don't really care a whole lot about where these <laughs> yeah. actors, you know, like Emma Watson's going on. It was so rough for me, you know. <laughs> By the third film, I was wondering, could I keep on doing this? And I was like, oh, poor you, making making millions of dollars <laughs> off this series. Oh, whatever. But you know, I understand. I understand, and I, 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 I joke, but. It, there were moments where I felt like the authenticity really crept in, but I was also just disappointed by like how staged yeah, some yeah. of it felt, and that was disappointing. It left kind of just a mixed feeling. Like it, that's not, that really had some high points, but there were some low points where I know you and I were looking at each other like this like, is cringy. Yeah, this yeah, is they staged. Some crappy, uh, like little quotes in it and stuff. And yeah, like one-liners, dialogue. and there was a moment. Uh, I don't mean to dog on anybody, but when Helena Bonham Carter showed up, who plays Bellatrix. Oh, my. And then they was, go racing down the stairs. Yes, that was really That's bad. So stupid. It was really, It was really bad. I didn't like that. But I, I, I can respect uh, the fan base around these actors and these movies, why people love them so much. I know for a certain point I was absorbed in kind of that uh, – just that – drama you know around around yeah, actors I, less so now but I, I understand why people like it i didn't love the special but i think it was a cool thing for a lot of people to open up 2022 with and so that's what i'll i'll give the special that that it was a really good way to open out the year yeah i thought it was cool to see like the like the 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 process of see, like the making the movies mm-hmm. And like, like I said, like like the life before they had. Right, right. Um, it provided it, some really cool backstory. Yeah, it, it was almost like a documentary of every single character mm-hmm. in the 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 films. Yeah, and that was really cool. Now we are here to talk about this series, and it's building up to the secrets of Dumbledore. Now we got the trailer for this. Feels like a couple months ago, and you know what? Reception wise. Not a lot of people talking about the secrets of Dumbledore. Like yeah. pretty low key. Nobody yeah. really cares. I'm sure it's gonna make money, yeah. but like, I don't know. Like, I, it feels like Harry Potter has kind of lost a little bit of the magic. You know? I, what do you I, think about that? I do think the same. I I think that they could have done this first Fantastic Beasts in order to find the movie, and I think that the I've been wanting to see the play. Um, Cursed Child. Cursed Child. And there was mm-hmm. a play for Fantastic Beasts. Oh, there well. is. Well, that's supposed to be pretty good. But I think that they could have stopped there and have, and like, I liked, um, I don't think Dumbledore was in Fantastic Beasts. He was not in the first one. He was in the second, and it looks yeah. like he's going to be in the third. Yeah, I think the 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 first and second one could have stayed there. I don't, I'm not sure if they should make this third one. We should mention this is gonna, apparently planning on being a six-film series. Whoa. That has me really concerned, and I don't think that there is a fan base for a six-film series. Like yeah. you hear people talking about Avatar, they're gonna do six films of those. Even that is that kind of strains, you know, credibility. But honestly, it's weird that I feel like there's more of a need for an Avatar series than a Harry Potter series. Yeah, and. You know, you love the movies, I think, a lot more than I do. I'm going to have some critiques. A lot of them are going to be when we get to those Fantastic Beasts films. I, uh, I got I got some things got some things to say about yeah, that series. They were pretty cringy. There is some weird stuff there. And 
just a lot of messiness. And we're going to see if we can be able to sort through it, maybe find some good. But, you know, it, the, the challenge for a six-film series, it does not excite me. That's yeah. what I will say. I mean, I did not need a third film. You know, go to the Letterboxd page. I got my top 15 most anticipated movies of that year for 2022. And this film did not really crack the top 15 for me. And I don't really think it's going to be for a lot of people. I mean, I'm going to see it and it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun experience. I'm sure going to the theater, getting to see it, you know, because we weren't around to go see the original Harry Potter movies. This is got this is what we're left with. Yeah. And you kind of settle like for that. It's like the West Side Story of Harry Potter, you know, like, like, yeah. you get the, the, but like the it's remake. A, it's, it's a different kind of a reimagining. We're getting this. We're getting our taste of the Wizarding World here, and it's kind of the a little bit not not the greatest, not what the best that this series has to offer, and that is disappointing. But we're going to get to those films when we get there. But judging off of this trailer, Jude, what are your expectations? Does it look good? I don't like the concept of the trailer. Okay, I, I don't think that they. I, I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really get to see what they were going for. I think that this looked a lot like the second. Um, yes, I agree. The second uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. I don't like where they're going with this Credence character, to be I honest. I agree. I think that he is an absolute pointless character. He is a pretty good actor, but I don't like uh, this, this character. I think he's getting in, in the way of something that could be good. Yeah, I'm a, a kind of a Grindelwald fan from like the books yeah. and all that. I really liked Johnny Depp's take on the character just in a visual sense, the white hair, yeah. the eye. That was all cool. And I was disappointed they fired him over the, the ridiculous Amber Heard stuff. But Matt Mickelson, great actor and yeah. certainly doing more than Johnny Depp is looking at who's working right now. I mean, he is... Matt Mickelson doesn't get great stuff in america but i mean you look at another round in 2020 oscar nominated movie that was a great film and he's great in everything that i see him in and just judging from this trailer i like what i see of him and i'm excited yeah. to get some dumbledore grindelwald scenes that's the dynamic that i really feel like this series wants to dive into but is distracted by so many other things like newt like you People forget, like, Newt Scamander is the main character of this and, series. And you don't think about him. You think about Dumbledore, and you think about yeah. Grindelwald. You don't really think about Newt Scamander. I, I like his character. He's got a, he, some fun got quirks. Some, yeah, some cool stuff. But I don't – but, like, when you think of Fantastic Beasts, you don't think of him. You think of yeah. Grindelwald or Dumbledore, like the younger Dumbledore. That's cool to see. Uh-huh. It just – this series originally started as we're going to talk about – you know, Newt's Commander and his little animals. Yeah. Look where we are now. Now we're <laughs> yeah. at a wizarding war. Yeah. It, it, this series has just kind of gone off it, the rails. Like you said, it's very messy. Like mm -hmm. I, I liked, I liked the, the, the first one with like the, like the suitcase and the animals. I thought that yes. was really yes. cool. And I think, I mean, like I said, I think they could have just stopped there. Yeah. Like I really, truly do think that they could have stopped there. I, yeah, I, I feel like the fact that they even made a movie based on a little backstory book that J.K. Rowling wrote, you know, like there was a, because originally there was the book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And you could, there was mentioned in the books, you know, and said so that when they were in the library, I always remember that book popping up. And yeah, it, it feels like a stretch, like it's already kind of a desperate move that they're making a movie based on this like little book in the library from the series you could just tell it was kind of like do we really need this and now it, it looks like this series is really wanting to dive into the dumbledore grindelwald stuff and that is not unexciting it's just the fact that this is not really um this isn't where my interests are at with with the series you see i'm ex you know i'm excited for the movie because it's not i'm excited for it's Harry Potter. Right. You know, I I love just Harry Potter. I love to go see it. I just, like, I could watch all the movies right now if I, like, wanted to. Right. Like, it's, like, the really just fun movies. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, 
want to see this movie, but I know it's not going to be great. It doesn't. It doesn't look great. And you mentioned it looking like uh, the second Fantastic Beast movie. I agree, and I have a lot of problems with that second movie. So it's got me a little nervous. I feel like I could see the story problems already. It looks like this movie's bringing in like four new characters. Like I saw a bunch of like yeah. side characters yeah. coming in. Like this one go on this coffee shop that looks like it's yeah movie. yeah something. I don't really, this series already has a massive character problem. It's got way yeah, too, many too many characters, and I don't I, care about a lot of them. So the fact that they're bringing in even more has yeah. me a little concerned and definitely less interested than I would be if I learned they were kind of tightening the reins on some of these characters and people have mentioned. And you mentioned it too when we watched the trailer, no Tina here. Yep. And you know what? Um Hot take, don't care. I never liked Tina. I, I think that she caused a distraction. And, yeah. And, uh, I, I, it's just a watered-down character. Yeah. Always spoiling the fun when you have it in this movie. She's always coming in. She's whining. You're moping around. She's always that. whining. And she's always just yeah. complaining. Yeah. It's just it, this this whole series is kind of giving me a bad vibe just looking at Fantastic Beasts. But we're taking it back a few years, Jude. Uh, quite a few, actually. Taking it back to the early start of the 21st century where we got this Harry Potter and the, or if you're in America, the Sorcerer's Stone, whichever way you're going off of it. I know you say Philosopher's Stone. For me, it was always Sorcerer's Stone, but I guess as you get more embedded in the series, people call it the Philosopher's Stone. This movie, you know, just kind of getting into how we feel about it. This is a really fun movie. This is a great movie. Um, the one complaint that I do have on some of the Harry Potter movies is they're quite long. Yes. They're very long, but then when you go and watch it, it doesn't feel long. Yeah. Because, you know, you're just having so much fun. You're always on the edge of your seat. Yeah. You know, it's very suspenseful. And they're pretty dark sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. This movie is long. It kind of starts it's, off that length, yeah. and it's only going to get longer from here. Yeah. I don't have as much of a problem with the length on this one. You can feel it at times. Yeah. I don't think it's a perfect film, but uh, director Chris Columbus, who did Home Alone, and you know, he, Chris Columbus also worked with John Williams for Home Alone. That little combo of Chris Columbus and John Williams really hits hard because the yeah. music in this first film is just it, it's captivating yeah, and you get the magic that particularly the first like three books where the tone is a little lighter it steadily gets darker as the years progress but that first book is just you know like slipping into a, a hot bath i mean it's just oh it's so comforting comforting letting it waft all over you it's uh just a pleasant world to be in it's got that magic it's got that fun and charm and i think that bringing in john williams was perfect because uh this music i listen to it you know on a, on a pretty regular basis i think it's just a great little you know particularly just this first you know, with that classic theme and head headbooks yeah. theme and all of that, all that the series gets into weirder stuff as it goes along with the music. And I know you like Doyle, Doyle and Trouble and all that. That's kind of where the series starts to lose yeah. me music wise. But uh, this opening theme here, you know, kicking off yeah. with such a little classic mysterious theme. way with the Dumbled, Dumbledore walking in the street, taking away yeah. the lamppost and all that, uh, McGongle coming up out of the cat, all just kind of iconic imagery just off the bat and the music is just a perfect way to jump into this this whole story yeah i i also do think as the movies progress they get though i i did say that they are uh that they do a better job on based that how they adapting adapt yeah. adapting from from the books but i do think that, that it veers off has uh like throughout the, yes. the series it slowly goes downhill but that first movie, like you said, really just comforts you. And it's mm -hmm. in like, and like when you go to the book, you see this cute little three hundred page book, yeah. and then you go to the fifth one. Yeah, um, it gets real big, big eight hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and it's a really just kind of when people talk about the like, oh, I watch Harry Potter all the time I'm like you watch yeah. those last two ones all the time like those are dark slow like are you sure yeah. are you sure when people talk I watch the first one all the time I agree because that the, yeah. it really is comforting yeah. and it's got the charm it's got the quirky stuff it feels very much a part of this series but also it, it, you could put it right along a movie like the never ending story in just of the terms of a young boy 
kind of realize there's something a little bit more to the world and he might have a role to play in it. Just kind of that little bit, like not a coming of age story, but like a, a bit of a realization moment, a, a eureka moment where he's kind of diving into all this magic. And it's a really fun, it's just that first act of, you know, spending time with the Dursleys and all that it is, uh, it's yeah. got its little, uh, bits of like, uh, uh, it's got those iconic bits that were from the books and seeing all of them, all of those little lines brought in and they picked great actors yeah. to play f- those three characters. Mm-hmm. All that's really fun. And then when Hagrid comes in, you're a wizard, Harry, all that really yeah. iconic stuff. And going into Diagon Alley, I mean, that's awesome. When they walk into Diagon Alley, you get that wide shot, all of that craziness that's happening. It's iconic, and when you go into Diagon Alley and Universal Studios, it's yeah, like you it's, feel it's, some of that magic. It, it, it's crowded, and it's like just like in the books, it feels crowded. But mm-hmm. like uh, J.K. Rowling the, describes how there are things here and there, just right. things everywhere, and and it feels like when you go into Universal, you're in that same experience, and, and it feels like. You're Harry Potter, like you're walking through Diagon yes. now, like you are in the book. You're like you're a part of this. I agree, I agree. And yeah, it's just that whole first act, like I said, going into Hogwarts. I mean, putting the the, the hat on and all that. I mean, yeah. that's the sorting hat, right? It's all just it's it, it feels for people who are fans of the books, fans of the movies, to them this is iconic. Not for everybody. I mean, Harry Potter is a big series, but there are definitely those naysayers out there who don't get what this series is about at all. And I think especially if you're an adult, like I think you and I, have, we've tried on different occasions to get mom and dad into the series. And it's just not, you've got to get in on this at an early age, but I feel like it's going to sweep you by. I don't meet many people. And I guess for this, the books were starting to come out. Yeah. I, you could, even if you were an adult age, you could get into, you could get into it. But I think as this series has gone on, Old adults diving into this series, it kind of is a little late. If you start this series out like you, you and I both started at, at a similar age, just you know, it, it, it all feels so new to you. Yeah. It feels so fresh. Now we live in a in a world where the newest magical fantasy sci-fi world, it's all coming at you. Like new worlds aren't that much of a yeah. of a new thing yeah. anymore. It's kind of overdone. And I feel like that's how it feels for a lot of adults. But when you're a kid and you're jumping into this expertly crafted world by J.K. Rowling. All of this feels just so overwhelming and magnificent, and the music, all of it, just and it, the movie, it, it's got the occasional CGI flukes, right? Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, but when there's that, the uh, the troll in the bathroom, Camel uh, Secrets. Uh, no, in the first one where the and when they're in the bathroom and the troll breaks oh, yeah. in, yeah. yeah. Jumping ahead a little bit to that scene, uh, a troll looked pretty bad. But you know there are those occasional CGI uh, mishaps, and of course they're going to have those early it's, since it's the early two thousands. But kids aren't going to really. It doesn't really matter to you because yeah. you are already connected, and a little bit of CGI issues, it's not really going to hinder your enjoyment that yeah. much. Of course, we got to talk about the actors here, this cast of characters. There's a reason there's a reunion special because fans are they're attached to these actors for life, it seems. And uh, I I don't feel quite that way, but you cannot deny there's something special about this. These three main actors here, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. I think that he he doesn't do a whole lot now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's weird. It's hard to find work, I guess, when you're known just as Harry Potter. I think he's a very talented actor, though, and he, you know, just at a young age, he really does pull off all the weight that this role needs. Mm-hmm. He is perfectly cast as Harry Potter, and I'm sure there were a lot of young talent they could have brought in to play this character. Uh, they hit a goldmine here, Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, he feels mm-hmm. like Harry Potter yeah. should, and I don't ever have a complaint with him throughout the whole series. I mean, there are moments you know, young to the acting game where you can feel there are some weaker moments. But overall, I mean, they just hit the nail on the head with this really strong trio of cast members and then all these fun little personalities around, you know, with uh, McGongle and all that and Alan Rickman as Snape, 
who was iconic as well. And we're going to get more of them in the future. When Gary Oldman comes into the series, this series just continues to build a cast of characters that people are going to remember. There is something special about uh, there's some, there's something special though about this this original trio though. Yeah, I think Dan, I think the the movie that Daniel Radcliffe then do has good in was uh, the part one and part two of Deathly Hollows. I think especially part one. This is probably the worst movie in the um, in my opinion. Oh. In the uh, uh, series series and. That's just my opinion. I thought it was super duper slow. Yeah, um, a lot of people say that about the part one. Yeah, but part two gets better. Uh, I know that Noah doesn't like Order of the Phoenix. That's definitely his. Right, we're least, gonna talk about Order least of the Phoenix. favorite one. I got some which, thoughts. Um, Vice hey. Versa is Vice Versa. That's one of my favorite ones. Okay, so. okay. Hey, Voldemort in the black suit. That's an oh awesome look. So I'm gonna oh support gosh. Order of the Phoenix on that. The black suit, Voldemort. Yes. Chef's kiss to that. That's pretty cool. But yeah, that this trio here, you know, you got uh, Emma Watson is Hermione. Yep. I mean, she doesn't do a whole lot of work either. It, this, but she's easily the most well known, I think, of the trio. She's gone yeah. on to do the most things. Uh, Little Women, of course, one of your favorite films, mm-hmm. and I can definitely respect her as an actress. Beauty and the Beast, ah, not so much. <laughs> but Little Women, and I think in other roles, she has gone on to do really good work as well, and uh, not exactly a beloved actress by uh, by certain people. I don't, I've never really understood that. I, I haven't done enough reading about it, but I think as Hermione, she feels perfect, and maybe it's because of that. Mm-hmm some of that diva actress stuff that Emma Watson would be get, get to be known for as her career progressed. I think right now though, you know, this interpretation of Hermione in these first three books feels much more loyal to what JK Rowling kind of intended with the, with those, with the series, because you look at Hermione in the books and she's not drop dead gorgeous or anything like that. She's kind of got this shaggy hair uh, a gap, a gap in her two inner teeth, you know, and you see that. And when uh, they did the the illustrated adaption of the books, and you got all the the artwork put in, she it looks. She does not look like Emma Watson, who you know is very beautiful. She looks, you know, a little bit more rough and and scrabbled. And I think that that was what J.K. Rowling originally intended. And as the series goes on, it gets a little bit more Hollywood. It gets a little bit more, you know. I remember that the moment Hermione changed is when she wore that dress in the Goblet of Fire for the little ball dance, yeah. walks down the stairs. That's when you know Emma Watson's kind of coming into her own and she's doing that actress thing of putting on the dress, taking off the glasses, you know, and showing that uh, that she can be pretty too, which, you know, is, is great and all that. I don't hate it, but you can tell that they are taking, as the series goes on, they take a different route and they play up, you know, uh, the more Hollywood way of doing things rather than what I think the books intended where her, you really respect Hermione the most for her personality. I feel like in these first three books in particular and in these first three movies, they really do stay loyal to that. And here it's a great, like I met the train scene when they all meet together, maybe my favorite scene of the whole movie. I yeah. mean, just the the three coming together. It's, it's an awesome scene. Yeah, and the uh, New Year's reunion, hey, part of thing, uh, when um, Emma Watson got her um, segment, you heard her talk about um, how she read the first book and how um, the director said that he that she did such a good job on um, to like how she reenacted it so well. Mm-hmm. She really does feel perfect for the character. She's got all of the the sassiness, but also the the cleverness that that character entails, and it's fun. And then with Rupert Grint as as Ron, just just spot on. And maybe it's because yeah. we grew up with these movies, but uh, he just feels perfect for this role. Yep, just like the books, messy kid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it it really does feel yeah. perfect. And. Yeah. You and especially when you go back to the movies, go back to the books, and you know, seeing how these relationships are going to progress in the future. Ron starting here off very naive and how his story is gonna going to progress feels very interesting. And I think that's one of the great things about the rewatchability factor that these movies have is that it's interesting to see how the dynamics start off 
and where they're going to go. And that might be a reason for people returning to this whole series multiple times is they just love seeing the evolution that these characters are going to go on. And here, of course, everybody is much more naive of how things are going to work. Obviously, Harry being the most oblivious to this world, uh, no pun intended, you know that being a spell and all, but uh, I really got to say props to the casting director here because nobody here feels very miscast. You go from Hadgrid to Malfoy and everybody here feels just right for this role. And it does kind of, you know, the Dumbledore that they have here, a lot more loving and charming than he's going to be when they recast him. You get into the Half-Blood Prince and all that. And he's much, he's a much darker, you know, uh, gray character. Here, he is kind of like that character you look up to. And like, yeah, Dumbledore rocks. And that's who Harry clearly like looks up to when they're in the Great Hall and all that. And the actor that they've got here, he really does bring that warmth to the character that he he has in those first yeah, two or three books. That, that's a problem that I have with the um, with uh, the recast. The the recast is how the the first uh, two movies. I think the I think Dumbledore was at his prime there, mm-hmm. and then when they recasted him in Prisoner of Azkaban and so forth, I I don't think that uh, I didn't feel Dumbledore. I I, I felt yeah. something. A little different. I think that um, I think a lot of people agree with this too. I think a lot of people like the first uh, one and the second Chamber of Secrets, mm-hmm. and what he just brings a lot more to the table than um, the, the yeah than the original one did. Yeah, and I think the one thing I'll say to defend it because I don't like I I don't mind the new Dumbledore. I actually like him. I think what I'll say is that the character of Dumbledore does change in the books as well. And he does not stay fuddy-duddy in the books. So what I will say is perhaps, like, you know, when you read Half-Blood Prince, Order of the Phoenix, you will see a much darker Dumbledore in the books as well. And I think that for what they needed, I think this actor did pass away. And that is what, you know, caused the recasting where he just got unable to do it. The actor that they bring in, he does capture the darkness that's char- that that character has. I think people just like this newer, this uh, this older Dumbledore more because he does bring in, he's the most fun to return to. I think first two movies are the most rewatchable, and then the third one I think kind of keeps in. That's the last, like, f- like kind of fun mm-hmm. movie, and it gets a lot darker as the series goes on. And, you know, I, like when we're in this first movie, I'm just loving going through the going through the classes. And the first book didn't really feel like it had much of a plot kind of to start off with just because we're really we're just going through Hogwarts and going to classes. And there is that underlying tone of something sinister at work. The movie kind of keeps in with that where you're just kind of going to classes. And a lot of people would say it's a problem that it does look like we have a goal to reach towards at the end. I don't really feel like that's the case. Yeah, I'm that's how it was with the book. Yeah, I'm enjoying spending time with these characters. And mm-hmm. I want to take a, a moment to talk about Alan Rickman as Snape because this is a character who will grow and evolve uh, for fans as the series goes on. But just the the introduction, it's another just great little scene, him coming in with the cloak and all that, and that first little standoff that he has with, with Harry Potter. It's it's a really good way to introduce you to this character. And Alan Rickman is just an incredible actor. He's going to get to do even more as this series goes on, but as an introduction to the character, you you really got to like it. Yeah, I uh, this is my favorite character in all yeah. of Harry Potter. I just absolutely love this character. I think that um, it like th- I I personally think that this character does the best job on reenacting from the book. That's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion. Um, I think that he does a fantastic job. Sadly, he died. He passed away a few yes. years ago. Um, but it's really cool to see how uh, throughout the movies and books, how he, he actually has, he's trying to protect Harry. Yeah. And not trying to kill him, which that's what they all think. Right. And yeah, he, he, I got the uh, ability to watch Die Hard uh, last year. And he is in that movie, uh, very in one of his earlier roles. And he's incredible in that movie, too. This actor just uh, continually impresses me in every role I see him in, even uh, Sins and Sensibility, which I was not a fan of, 
but him in that movie, uh, he he just knocks out of the park every role, and you've he's got that kind of that same type of tone in each of his performances, but he does it so well. You've got to you gotta love this character. And yeah, I agree. This is easily, I think, one of the best characters of the of the series, the books in particular. I just he's always a character I like to return to. And you really do care about how this character grows and his arc that he's gonna have over the course of this series. It's all it's all, I think really well handled. I, I do want to say um we got to talk about the more serious stuff here, and that is we got to talk about Voldemort. And this first little glimpse of Voldemort that we get on the back of I'm probably going to say Quirrell, Quirrell, yeah, Quill. Um, it's a very good introduction into what will become a more yeah. sinister character and a bigger presence. You've got to give Chris Columbus and J.K. Rowling props for giving this un. You know, not we get a glimpse of him walking into Harry's home when he was a baby. We get a glimpse of that, mm -hmm. but for the most part, this is a character who we do not see for a, a good two, three. Th then we get to the fourth film, and that's when we see him more frequently. But mm -hmm. this first film, the menace of Voldemort is frequent and present. In just about every scene, you get the impact that he had on the wizarding world. And I just want to give Chris Columbus props because you really do feel the menace of this looming villainous figure. And seeing how that's going to progress for the rest of the series is, is uh, very interesting. Yeah, he, he's all kind of, uh, everyone's always like talking about him in the uh the first three books and movies, mm -hmm. the the start about him, how he has that dark magic, and and the first one when he is um on Professor Quill's head, that shows the dark magic that he has, and that and that gives you that glimpse of what he can do and can be. Yeah, it's him at a, his most weakened state, and yet he is so powerful. At yeah, the same he already time. is kind of having that menace. There is, you know, that level of darkness that's going to creep in as the series continues. And whether that's for the better or worse, as far as the movies go, we'll talk about it. But I think that the movie just strikes an excellent balance of the fun, the the cheeriness, and the new the the new world that Harry is going through. And then there is that underlying tone of menace. And I love the way that the movie balances all that out. When we get to the third act. I think things do feel a little bit rushed. This It's kind of where I start to have a little bit more nitpicks. Things, for me, begin to feel a little bit rushed, a little more sloppy. And, you know, I love the whole part of them going um, down below the chest and all of that. That, you know, feels a lot more rushed and not quite as riveting and, and suspenseful to me as it was when I was reading the book. I agree. I think that the... The book obviously did a better job on uh -huh. the the scenes, and every time I watch uh hey the, the first Harry Potter movie, I don't look forward to the scene. Right, like th th this is that scene where I want to fast forward. Like yeah. I don't care to watch this. I, I think it could have. I think it could have easily done better. They just kind of you know they got to the end of it. They got too excited mm -hmm. and they just kind of went downhill with it, but I, but I think they could have done a better job with it. They just yeah. didn't. This movie was already so long too. It's hard to tell them that the people behind it, like make it longer, give us more of this just because the movie has already had like a two hour and like 20 minute length. That's a long movie. Yeah. And, and when you sit for that long amount of time, you want it to be like, it has to be good. You know, mm -hmm. the whole time, just like in, just like Avengers Endgame, just like the Batman, right. you know, those long movies. They've got to keep your interest. But they always are are good. You know, like it, they, it's it's spot on the right. whole time, and that's something that um, I think when it gets into the later third act of the film, it just doesn't. Yeah, it, it loses that yeah. momentum a little bit. And yeah, I agree. When a three-hour movie feels like an hour and a half, that's a great feeling. Yeah. It feels like two, an hour and a half. The you know, Sam and I are going to be talking about the Batman Sunday. I'm really excited for that conversation. I got a lot of thoughts, as I'm I'm sure you know, Jude. We've seen that uh, a couple times now. 
And uh, I got some thoughts. Stay tuned for that review, guys. I got some things to say. It's taken a little bit of a while to get that review out. But yeah, when a three-hour movie hits the spot and it keeps that pace, keeps up that momentum, uh, to me, that's an in, that's just it has it's limitless. Like the amount of value and and just impressive filmmaking that that entails, it's it's great. That's why Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. That's why I think they're such great filmmakers, is they keep that long runtime flowing so well and it keeps that pace. These Harry Potter movies will struggle with that occasionally. I gotta say that when you get down to the Quirrell and and Harry standoff, Voldemort and Harry, that from a thematic standpoint hits better than I think the couple other ch- chunks of that third act do. I mean, just in terms of their standoff, dealing with the themes here, the the pick or choose, Harry having to find his place in this world, and this is kind of like a, a full acceptance of that. I think it's a good cap for the arc Harry has in the movie. I have to disagree with you okay. on, on this. I think that um, this, this when he meets, I thought it was oh, so lame. Like, oh. I, I thought that this was, um, I, I think that um, it, this, I think that they could have been more, there could have been a little bit, you know, this whole movie is leading up to this last scene, you know, right. where he, well, where he can, you know, they're trying to protect the, the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's just, I think this is like the biggest letdown in the movie okay. is, is just um when I don't feel like there was, I think there could have been like a little, a little action, not like, not like yeah. a, a big wand battle or, or anything, but I think that there could have been a little uh, more something there. Yeah, it's not a perfect scene. And I think when you read the book, it feels much more intense, even though there's not exactly. a lot of action. Because yeah. you're in Harry's mind and you 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 that divisiveness that he feels, that yeah. kind of chaos that's going on in his mind, feels like action when you're reading a book. In the movie, it's just two guys kind of standing and talking to each other. And that's mm-hmm. just not as interesting, even though they put the ring of fire and all that. It's just inherently less exciting. I, I like it just as a capper to Harry for this movie uh, in terms of him, you know, making the brave heroes sacrifice, all of that. That works better to me than, you know, if, uh, if they had had a big blowout action scene with the budget and all that. I don't know how they would have even done that, what that would have looked like. I guess they could have had a fist fight. I'm not sure. but yeah, I'm not saying that this is a, 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 bad, uh, a bad scene of the movie. I'm. I think that just like I said, pretty much for the whole third act, that it just could have been yeah. better. This whole third act could have been improved upon. It is my biggest problem. It the, the pace starts to lose its effect. Things feel a little bit more rushed. You can tell they're wrapping it up. I gotta say that when they when Harry wakes up, he's in the hospital. Yeah. Like that. Him and Dumbledore. Him and Dumbledore. Yeah. You know uh, with the the gummies and all mm-hmm. that. Like the, that's all. The jelly, beans. the jelly beans. Yeah, my bad. With the jelly beans. All of that, uh, is, uh, that that's the heartwarming stuff. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Fifty exactly. points to Gryffindor, yeah. all of that. The yeah. you know, Dumbledore, obviously a former Gryffindor because uh, he's very biased towards <laughs> Gryffindor throughout the series. I just want to call Dumbledore out. A little biased uh-huh. on Team Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor, but I got to tell you, Dumbledore, a uh, little. Little too nice. I was mad. To I was mad, Dumbledore. I'm, I'm a Slytherin myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who gonna win? Yeah. It's uh, Dumbledore. He, you know, he's always bending the rules. I guess in Dumbledore's book, the rules are meant to be broken. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it's undeniably a heartwarming scene seeing them yeah. win. And you know, I haven't talked about old Neville Longbottom getting in the that winning strike for Gryffindor and yeah. pulling it all out. It's just a, it's a really nice way to cap things off. Hagrid, who you know is a just an undeniably uh, great character yep. throughout the whole series. This may be my favorite uh, movie with him in it. And just in terms of yeah. what he gets to do, him getting to bring Harry into the world and that the scenes that we get with them just work really well. And the actor who plays Hagrid just did an excellent, excellent job. It's a hard character to pull off. He did it very well. And their final moment at the, the train station, it kind of hits me every time. It's just a, a really solid way to wrap the whole movie off. Yeah, I think, but I, I, like you said, with Dumbledore as well, you know, the movies progressed to get darker and darker. But um, I think I I didn't really, Highway kind of 
person, in my opinion, lost it in the I agree. in the last uh, films. Like I didn't. He I, becomes a less frequent he, character. He, he just doesn't. He's very just. He he gets just in some way he gets dirty and is filthy and he just doesn't. He does. It doesn't feel like Hagrid. He in the books, Hagrid is a is always on Harry's side and always right. happy. And of course, I haven't read the book, so I can't. Yeah, I, it I does get darker. I, I can't say this yeah. for for a fact, but you know, I I think that they could have, you know, made him a little bit more happy, but still, you know, it's sad. A little bit more it, joyful. It, it I think they lose dark. some of the, the joyfulness from the character, and it, it's mainly because the books get so dark and. And the movies get dark. We're gonna and we're gonna get there when we get there. But Hagrid just he loses. He's not for me. The problem is Hagrid's not in the movies a whole lot as oh. they progress. He's a less frequent character, and I feel like in the last film he gets like only a few minutes. Like he, I, the one thing I remember Hagrid doing in the last movie is holding Harry when he's faking being dead, and that's just about it. Yeah, and that's, that's a that's a tuck at the heartstrings moment. But Hagrid does not get a whole lot to do as this series goes on. I think this is Hagrid at its best. I love the whole way things are wrapping up, going back to the to uh, the Dursleys and all that. It's a it's really a good way to cap the whole movie off. Jude, do you recommend Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone? I do. I think that you're going to have a lot of fun. Even if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you have no clue what's going on. You haven't read the books. You, you, you pretty much are a brand new uh, this is your brand new Harry Potter experience. I do think that you will enjoy this and you will want to keep watching through the whole series and there will be some letdowns. But um, I, I, this is my biggest mess up. I w- will say read the books first. Read the books first or if you don't, if, and, and if you read, and, and if you watch the movies before you read the books, Read the book and then watch the movie. It makes it feel like a, a, you're watching the movie for the first time. I agree, and yeah, just uh, it's not a perfect film. You know, we've had our we've had our nitpicks, but uh, yeah, I haven't rewatched these in a while. But in my memory, this is the best one. I'm just yes. gonna go and put that out there. I a lot of people say Prisoner of Azkaban. We're gonna get to that one when we get there. I haven't. I, that was. That's one I haven't seen as much as I've seen this one. I've I've returned to this one the most, and it just has all those elements of a heartwarming film, which I think Chris Columbus does very well with Home Alone, and here he is just really good at giving you these uh, comforting, you know, very Spielberg type films, like very E.T. esque, yeah. and I love that. And so I'm gonna give this a solid recommend. This is my favorite Harry Potter film in memory. We'll do our rankings when we get to Stukas of Dumbledore ranking all the films and all that. But this is the one I remember being the best. I'm excited to see where this series goes in the future. Chris Columbus is not gonna be of this series the whole time. Uh, next episode of this retrospective with uh, Chamber of Secrets, that's his last film, then he's gone. And we've yeah. got uh, new directors coming in. We're going to talk about their interpretations of this of these source materials. But I got I to say, I love what Chris Columbus does here. He just hits them on the head. And I got to give the casting director and John Williams a shout because bringing in all these actors here and they feel like they belong in this world. The characters feel like they belong to them. Just Alan Rickman and... Uh, Minerva McGonagall, they all just embody these roles. So I want to give the casting director uh, major props. And John Williams, once again, I'm a John Williams fan, so i got to say this music, it, it just sticks with you. It's a, it's a long film, and the third act is a little messy when we pointed that out. But I, I think that the uh, – the, the, the what's the term? The, the juice is worth the squeeze. And so I th- I say I say solid recommend to the Philosopher's Stone. Look at that! I even closed off with the British term for the title. I'm really glad that we were able to do this. Jude Newcomb, this was a, a a really fun time getting to hash out Harry Potter with you. We're gonna continue to do that. We've got how many more movies do we have? We've got uh, at least. I think we got like ten, nine, nine, nine. nine, yeah, nine. nine. Woo! Yeah. Boy, we're just getting started. <laughs> yep. uh, lots more to talk about. Oh, we got it. We got ten. We I got it. We got ten. Ten more. Man, this series. I'm excited to talk about it with you. It's a big. It's a big one. I was going through um, top ten highest grossing 
series box office rise and harry potter was in that list about that in that upper tier so this is a big series yeah. it's been requested to me many a time to review i'm really glad that we were able to talk about it, it was a lot of fun philosopher's stone solid recommend uh, solid recommend for me i'm assuming a strong recommend yes. from you yes. read the books I would say that read the books first. It sounds like a cliche thing to say. I don't always agree with about about reading the book first, but with this series, read the book first because J.K. Rowling, uh, the only good books she ever wrote, um, and I she's know. not a I screenwriter. Don't, I, don't, I don't know where she's going with this um, Ichabod. Yes, yeah, yeah. This, this Christmas pig. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't get this. But I think obviously strong, strongest writing is Harry Potter, yes. which is, her, I believe, her first writing. That uh, her had. certainly her most well-known stuff. Yeah. Uh, nobody's talking about the Christmas Pig. But <laughs> uh, anyway, Jude, where can people find you if they liked what you said today? Where can they find you? Where can they hear more you about you? You can find me on my letterbox, which is on Junicum. I I have I am currently locked out of my yes. letterbox account, so. You're probably going to see things from last year, not this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also find me on my blog where I talk about, I've done reviews on books at judebradleynewcomb.blogspot.com. Yes, go check out Jude's blog. You can check out mine, nonewcomhub.blogspot.com. Always talking about movies. And uh, we got a little, we got a bunch of rankings over there. And then Letterbox. you know, I'm always on Letterbox, always reviewing stuff. Reviews every week, baby, you know what I'm saying? So I got all my lists out there. And uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm really glad we were able to talk about this series. Jude, thank you for joining me. We're going to see you later. Upcoming reviews. Turning Red and The Atom Project just came out today. And Jude and I are going to be watching those two movies. I am excited, nervous for Turning Red because it looks really bad from the trailers. But man, I'm hoping it's good. And then Sunday, Sam and I return to talk about the Batman. And I have seen it three times now. Guys, we are going to talk about some movies coming up. And Jude, maybe we'll talk about Turning Red and The Atom Project in the future. And I'm really glad to see those movies. We'll be seeing them tonight. The Batman review coming soon. And then we'll be keeping up this Harry Potter retrospective. It was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for listening. Remember, five-star review on Apple Podcasts and five stars on Spotify. If you have any questions that you would like for me to answer, moviemaniacs2020 at gmail.com. Feedback is always appreciated. Thank you, guys. Jude, Bradley Newcomb, thank you for joining me. Peace out, brothers. This was episode 83 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. Love you guys, and I'll see you on the flip of the flop. Mm-hmm.